1: Welcome to Hoosier Huddle Podcast. Today we are wrapping up the 2017 season, talking about the bucket game yesterday, the 31-24 loss at Purdue. I'm Sammy Jacobs. Joining me is David Sugarman, who is one of our writers at Hoosier Huddle. He was also on the WIUX radio call yesterday. Uh, David, disappointing loss yesterday. It was disappointing in a lot of phases how it happened? Uh, IU came out flat. They made the mistakes that all of us here said that they couldn't make. Uh, the reception early, a chop block penalty wipes out a touchdown. Um, you know, on the first setting up that first drive, there's a block in the back by Damian Willis uh, that moved things back. Um, you know, Markell just basically matches his season rushing total. Um, from the first 11 games uh, yesterday, just an all-around disappointing, maddening. I know I'm still angry about it. Um, Just a maddening head-banging against a wall uh, game for IU yesterday. Without a doubt. I think
2: the 31-24 score really doesn't tell the story of the game. They showed some good fight late in that game, you know, they got down the field a couple of times late and they recovered one onside kick even though that's not the one they ended up you know, they ended up scoring off of it. And and did some good things in the fourth quarter, um, when they you know, when their backs were against the wall, but you know, too little too late and uh, like you said, they got absolutely shredded on the ground. I thought the defense was good for a lot of the first half and then showed some chinks in the armor. I think eventually they got tired because the offense really only, uh, you know, outside of those quick drives late in the fourth quarter, didn't sustain many long drives throughout the game. So I think didn't think that did them any favors. Um, Richard Lego was not very good, but uh, in, in his defense, uh, his offensive line was really bad. And outside of one really long run from Ricky Brookins, which makes it look like they ran the ball pretty well, uh, they ran the ball pretty poorly for for the most part. So really – in all three phases of the game, or I guess they didn't really do anything terrible special teams, although there was a fake punt. they did so yeah, they got they got beaten all three phases of the game and and that's what you get. And like i said, i think I think the score is unfortunately misleading.
1: Yes, it was thirty one ten. you know, there was probably i think eleven minutes left in the in the fourth quarter. Uh, and then it, you know, Ross Stadium was a party atmosphere all afternoon. And I, I do want to give a shout out, I, I hate to do it, um, but man, those Purdue fans deserve a lot of credit. And, and we'll talk about this later in the show, David, because it's one of the pet peeves I have, uh, with Indiana football right now. But that place is sold out, uh, at least from the field. I don't know, I think the upper. Upper rows were sold, Were were filled. Um, if it, if it wasn't a sellout, there must have been like one seat that wasn't sold. Uh, yeah, um, that place. It, it awesome. certainly came back. Go ahead. Oh yeah, I was just
2: gonna say, uh, it certainly, like you said, it certainly felt like capacity or near capacity crowd. Uh, I mean, there was a fair amount of red and white in there, and you know, crimson and cream for the first, you know, two and a half to three quarters, but. Um, no, and then, and then when they rushed the field at the end and well deserved it it, it looked very full it, it looked full and looked, it, it, it was a bumping type atmosphere and I think you know for a lot of different reasons it was an, it was an important game for both programs. I think it was an important game maybe a little bit for the state, you know Indiana is not you know obviously not exactly known as the, as a football state by any means. Um, but you know what two teams um, and for the first time ever. In the rivalry, the game was important for both teams for more than just pride. You know, both teams were looking for uh, – it was a one-game playoff, essentially. And uh, the Purdue fans took that very seriously. So, it, it, it was a lot of fun in that sense.
1: And it, it was a lot of fun. I think it's it's great for the state. It's something that I asked um, Don Fisher and Tom Allen on the radio show was like, what does this do for the the culture of Indiana basketball – or Indiana football, I'm sorry, um, Indiana football in, (laughs) in a basketball state um, is, you know, this game, it was on ESPN two. There were a lot of stakes. Now there've been times where both teams have been bowl eligible. One team coming in, looking for a bowl while the other team was bowl eligible. They of course had the game in 1967 uh, where Purdue came in ranked number four and you're playing essentially for a big 10 title. Um, and IU won and went to the Rose Bowl, but this was, you're right, it's the first time in history that both teams needed to win to become bowl eligible, and I thought Purdue came out with more fire uh, than than IU, and that's what was disappointing. This is, you know, you're looking to make history winning five buckets uh, in a row, trying to get to a bowl game for the third time in a row, uh, and part of the allure of Hiring Tom Allen was that you wouldn't have these types of of emotional letdowns. You saw every time Purdue made a big tackle, they were up and and beating their chest and celebrating. And you you could either be a fan of that or not. It doesn't matter. But football is a game of emotion. And Purdue played with more emotion on on Saturday than IU did. And that, to me, is the most disappointing part of this game. I thought IU was not aggressive enough on offense. You saw – the game changed on that fake punt. IU was prepared for it. They had the punt safe team in. Uh, and then you had Chase Duter and Chris Covington. They bid on the run fake by the punter. Uh, and, and then he hit the long snapper. the same exact fake punt play they ran against Northwestern a couple weeks ago. Uh, it had been on tape. You know, I was on the sideline, David, for that. Fans behind me were like, hey, they're going to fake it. I think everybody in the, in the building uh, knew they were going to fake it. But Indiana didn't execute on the field. And that's the disappointing thing. They, they were not aggressive. Purdue came out, hit Indiana in the mouth, you know, with that interception and then touchdown. But IU recovered 7-7, and then that, that fake punt uh, started to blow the doors off off there a, a little bit. Uh, at 21-10 at halftime outside of that Ricky Brookens run. If they don't get that run, it's it's uh, 21-7 and, and really bad. Uh, and IU made the chop block. Uh, penalty that that took back a touchdown. There's just they picked a bad day to play a bad game.
2: Without a doubt, you know they, I, I agree with you. I think they came out a little bit flat. Um, and, and I think you know we you mentioned the fake punt. I think both teams should have certainly offensively showed what they are. Jeff Brom is very much known, and you know when he came from Western Kentucky for having a deep bag of tricks. And he showed that there was a fake punt. There was, it didn't work, but there was a flea flicker. Um, and there was also, they, they ran it twice and it worked both times, about five or six yards out from the goal line. They ran a sweep run play for Anthrop both times, I think maybe even going to the same side, uh, and they both scored touchdowns. And maybe it's because they don't think they have the players to do it or what, but IU's offense is very vanilla um whether even when, it, when they had Peyton Ramsey in there you know, and we he was healthy I know you need to you know have you know a certain skill set to do certain things but you know we saw what Purdue is and Purdue you know like we said we hate to say it but they're exciting and, and I don't this isn't a one off they're going to be good because people are going to see what they do and they're going to go want to play that brand of football and it's very exciting Um, and they've got got a coach that's willing to take risks and willing to gamble and do things. In Indiana, I know a lot of people were upset with Mike DeBoard in year one, Um, and I wouldn't jump ship this just yet, but I know a lot of the complaints about Mike DeBoard um, was that the offense, uh, in large part, seemed very vanilla and, and safe this year.
1: Yeah, and that's it was, you know, you kept waiting for them to break something out. Um, in terms of a, a gadget play uh, or using, you know, guys like Wap failure in, in different ways and things like that. Now, I don't know if Peyton Ramsey could have played. Tom Allen said he was too injured to play. He wasn't ready. They probably, if they needed to, had to go to Tronky. But he played against Rutgers. And that's what's mind-boggling to me. Did he get back again in practice? Um or did he just throw him out there against Rutgers and, and just to get up through the, the last whatever, eight, nine minutes of that game. Uh or do they not have faith in him uh to put him in, in a game game like this? What difference Ramsey would have made, I don't know. Indiana outside of that Ricky Brookens run ran for sixty yards. Uh the offensive line got totally dominated, uh and I mean the point every run was up the middle. Uh, they they busted one, but man, you got to try and start doing something different. Maybe run the ball outside. Uh, it, it's, it, I don't know. I I, I think it's going to be back. Should he be back? He like a change? Yeah. It, it, but it, it comes down to this and we'll, and we'll talk about this uh, in depth a little bit later, Dave. It's Purdue's football staff, gets paid at half 7 million dollars indiana's football staff i think is around 4.3 or 4.1 million dollars and that's including assistance so purdue's willing and this is why purdue's set up to win a little bit better than than iu is that yeah sure jeff Brom could leave uh, a lot of jobs opening it's going to be interesting he could leave this year he could leave next year Purdue's willing to spend the money and take a chance to get another good coach up there. Uh, and that's the difference uh, between IU and Purdue. Uh, say what you want about Tom Allen. I like him. I think he's the right coach for Indiana, uh, but an inexperienced. And, and how you help inexperienced coaches, you give them the tools that he needs to build an experienced staff um, and quality staff to come in there and help him out. Uh, you know, get over the these, uh, the learning curve.
2: A hundred percent. I think, I think you make a lot of good points. I know a lot of people, you know, are bullish on Tom Allen, you know, especially now that year one, you know, went South um, and they didn't go on a, you know, a real coaching search, if you will. But I, I do like Tom Allen. I still, still do believe he could be the guy for them. Uh, but I think you make a point. I mean, you know, um, but, you know, there aren't a lot of differences between Indiana and Purdue, you might say. And then, you know, you look at a number like that, you know, over 2 million. And, you know, it, there, there's a reason, like, is, when you look at the big boy programs, the Alabamas and the Auburns and the, and the uh, you know, the Ohio States of the world and see how much money their coaching staffs make. Well, you know, the best assist even the best assistants coordinators make top dollar. So I think uh, there's certainly something to be said for that.
1: Yeah, and IU's never going to be able to pay what Ohio State and Alabama plays because they bring in a hundred thousand fans a game. But for school right. like Purdue, if it was capacity yesterday, is about nine hundred seats. Ball in IU, uh, you know that's dollars a seat. That that's a lot of money there that that IU could be spending. But Purdue has other revenue sources. Uh, they serve beer in the stadium. That place is packed. Yesterday, uh, you know, say what you will about beer sales, but lines were down the concourse. That's money. That's money that has, IU doesn't right now, uh, and, and that goes into upgrading the stadium, uh, building the 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 fantastic indoor practice facility that they have uh, next to the stadium redoing concourses, paying distance, uh, having a, a really nice press box. It's all these things, you know, add up to production on the field. Uh, news, Jeff Brom's slogan coming into the year was let's play football. It's see, on, on paper. When you hear it, it sounds silly. Let's play football. Come on. You, you know, let's be real. Uh, but that's the attitude that IU needs. It's, Let's play football. And it, it's more than just the product in the field. and snapping the ball and throwing the ball and catching the ball. It's what do you need to give this program to win? Now, they're upgrading the facilities at Memorial Stadium. That's great. The stadium is going to look fantastic. Uh, but produced facilities are football only. And that might make a difference in in, in recruiting and stuff. Uh, but Indiana's press box is falling apart. Uh, there's leaks. Whenever it runs or somebody flushes the toilet it leaks from the ceiling uh you, you and i have been in there and it's it, it's probably the worst press box in the big 10 now, i haven't been to all the big 10 press boxes but i'm pretty sure minnesota nebraska and iowa have better press boxes um the bathrooms in memorial stadium are dark and dank uh the concourses are dark and dank Uh, You can't get people in the stands because of passouts. You don't serve alcohol for whatever reason. Now, Indiana's got to catch up with the times before they fall even further behind uh, again and make sure that this season, 2017, is just a blip on the radar instead of a downward trend. Yeah, I agree. I think
2: there is... It, it, it's not just one thing It's not just the product on the field there's, there's a whole thing, especially at the collegiate level That goes into building A successful and first class program So I, th- I think you hit on a lot of good points
1: Yeah, and it, You know, Purdue has history uh, They're the cradle of quarterbacks uh, it, it was i Well I, it, it is maddening that that place Was sold out, and, and as much as I want to hate it It was cool to be in that atmosphere And if you go back to last year when Indiana was playing for a bowl, uh, it was the same type of weather. Uh, 30,000 people maybe showed up uh, for a team trying to go for back-to-back bowls and all that stuff. So, you know, I get it. I get Indiana doesn't have the history that Purdue has. Um, But at some point you're going to have to – the administration is going to have to treat this program uh, like – a golden goose, and something breaks even, uh, and is just there to get you to basketball season. Uh, but let's get back to the game a little bit, David. What else stood out to you about it? I mean, they they made a furious comeback, so I don't want to say they quit on the team. But why was there a lack of energy? You know, I I think you know I I I don't know about the lack of
2: energy. I just don't you know, where where that comes from, or at least at times, you know, that, that that's how it seemed. But I will say, you know, on a bright note, I thought Tazier Mack was really good. Uh, seven, he finished with seven catches for 132 yards and a score. And he was sort of quiet some weeks and loud others. And he, he made some really big plays in that game. Um, you know, Simi Cobb finishes with 105 yards and a score on seven catches, but they targeted him almost 20 times. And I think something that struck me, and they they let it go on both ends. Although there was there was there was a couple pa- more pass interference calls I thought on Indiana than Purdue. Um, the, the the corners were very very physical with Indiana, particularly with Simeon. He's not a guy who's afraid to mix it up and and get physical and hand check and all that. And I thought the physicality of Purdue's defense, and particularly in the secondary, uh, was really really good. I know that Richard Lego finished with 373 passing yards and. The the stats don't look quite as bad as, you know, and then tell the story of the game he had. Um, But I thought the physicality, both um, in the secondary and, of course, at the line, you know, Purdue's front four really dominated the line of scrimmage um, was something that was, you know, really the big difference on that end. But, But from a positive, I thought there were a few receivers that played well. Cobbs did some nice things. Um, Tasier Mack, future's good with him, you know, between him and Nick Westbrook, that's a really good combo next year, assuming Westbrook comes back healthy and ready to go. Um, and while they didn't get a lot of production on the ground, I guess Cole Guest showed some flashes. I know Morgan Ellison, I think, was carted off the field and ended up being taken to a hospital. Um, so, you know, best you know, fingers crossed on that, but um, so there were a couple of good individual performances, but in large part, I thought the physicality on both ends was really uh, what, what what set the teams apart.
1: Yeah, and Purdue was more physical. Their defensive line was more physical. Uh, they looked like they hit harder when they tackled. Uh, while Indiana was just taking guys down like a regular tackle, Purdue looked like they were using the hit stick on on Madden or something. Uh, the one hunt was, was laying, laying the wood. A WAP failure got crushed on a kick return. Uh, and that just fires the crowd up. They just, it, to me, it came down to emotion. And those hard hits, being playing physical, that's all about want and, and emotion. So it's kind of concerning to me. I can't put my finger on it either, David. I don't know why a uh, team. With all this on the line, playing your your arch rival, can't, why there's an emotional letdown? Uh, game, I had to ask Allen that after after the game and were they too juiced up? You know, and sometimes you get too juiced up and, and your feeling gets going a little early, and, and you get to the game and, and it's a letdown. But I have no idea, and, and that's the concerning part uh, uh, about it. But look, uh, credit to Purdue. They, I think they they wanted it more because um, I think that takes away from the Indiana players. But clearly, it showed that they they were on a mission uh, yesterday uh, to 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 win this game, get to a bowl game, uh, to West Lafayette, and and just put what restore order to their universe uh, in their, their full world. Uh, And going forward, I think now, now you have a real rivalry uh, again. Um, Can IU bring the bucket back to Bloomington next year in Bloomington? How's that crowd going to look at the end of the year? I don't want to hear any more excuses from fans that this is on Thanksgiving weekend or it's a noon start. Um, Purdue fans showed up uh, and, and credit to them. They showed up, their students showed up, that place was packed. So, you know, it's up and going forward into 2018. Uh, going to be a lot of questions. Who who's going to be the quarterback? Reese Taylor had an awesome night last night. Congrats to him on winning the state title with Ben Davis. But if, if Ramsey was healthy, it, you know, him not playing showed me two things: either he was not healthy enough to play, which Tom Allen said post game, or they have zero faith in him uh, going forward, and they're going to need to bring in. A couple before that in this class, and hopefully uh, there's the early signing day coming up. I think it's December 19th, 20th uh, coming up. They're going to have class, which is ranked 39th nationally right now. Keep it together, get these guys in, and uh, you know, get back to work because this is not the breakthrough year uh, that Tom Allen and this program wanted, and it's yeah you know, it's now put up or shut up time you you had your your uh honeymoon period the breakthrough thing you know the mindset i get it i i like it and all that stuff but fans want to see a product on the field that is a breakthrough they they don't as nice as the shutout against Charleston Southern was they don't care about that they they want to beat Purdue and they want to get to a bowl game uh and we'll see if they can do that next year yeah, it
2: was like you said, it was a different coach and it was a different mindset, but the breakthrough it it became sort of a a joke is the wrong word, but it became a, you know, a little bit of an overused thing and every week it was like, Would this be the breakthrough win? And some people thought, well, if they if they beat who they need to be, Rutgers, Illinois and Purdue, then that'll be a breakthrough. If they get back to a bowl, it'll be a breakthrough. No, they need an upset for a breakthrough. And well, they didn't really do any of those things. So w- whatever you defined as a breakthrough you know, five and seven without, you know, a real quality win. I'm not going to call Virginia a quality win, really. Um, And, of course, you know, not really Rutgers or Illinois or anything like that. So, you know, by all accounts, it was, you know, a disappointing year. I'm sure as we look back, there are things to to be happy about. You know, I don't know – what they, you know, the, the defensive performance wasn't good, but I imagine they're going to be or close to be a top 25 defense. They came into the year wanting to do that. And they came into last uh yesterday, the 22nd total defense. So, um you know, there's, there, there's certain things to look on, but o- overall, all in all, it's a disappointing year. And like you said, they, they'll have to go right back to work. And uh, there's a lot of things they need to figure out as a team and, sort of take a deeper look at themselves as a program because they've been sort of doing this this climb for a few years now, maybe the last four or five years, and Purdue did that same climb in one season and, frankly, did it better.
1: Yeah, and speaking of the top 25 defense, uh, according to collegefootballstats.com, Indiana finished 26th in total defense, uh, just uh, uh, 1.1 yards behind Boise for for 25th so again close and that's the theme of the year it's close to breakthrough but no cigar uh, and we'll see I mean it's yeah you know what changes do they need to make make does, it, does Tom Allen need to give up some of the play calling duties on uh, at defensive coordinator and, and give more control to Mark Hagan and things like that and take a a firmer grasp on the rest of the team. Uh, is he going to have the stones to fire a friend? Um, it, it's a hard thing to do. Uh, it's a position I would never want to be in. Uh, but you have to take a long look at this offense and, and see that this is the offense is the reason why this team was five and seven. And can they go get a a young offensive coordinator who has more imagination or? We roll the dice with with the board next year and say, look, we couldn't do anything because our offensive line didn't play well. And we were just calling plays with one hand behind uh, tied behind our backs. We'll see. It's a big offseason for Indiana because next year is huge. Uh, Next year determines whether 2017 was a blip on the radar or... Or if it's just a downward trend, Uh, and that everybody should be angry about this loss at Purdue, fans, coaches, players, administration. I hope the administration's angry about it uh, because they do just outdid IU in every facet of the game, Uh, on the field, off the field, around the stadium. They just did it better uh, than IU uh, than IU's done in a long time, and that should be a challenge. If Purdue's really your rival, that should be a challenge to IU, to, to everybody at IU, we need to do better. Um, and, and we'll see. We'll see if this administration uh, class and, and everybody up top uh, really want to, to win at football or just be collecting a check, getting 35,000 people in the stadium and be going to bowl game that that's i I get it, I'm still angry david uh and, and some of it is, is an emotional response, but i I have kept a lot of this in for most of the season just because it's not fair to judge a team through six games or eight games or ten games. You have to let let the ball ride and and you know what five and seven it was not good enough for this team, and it shouldn't be good enough uh for the the program and, and some changes need to come.
2: No, 100%. You're right. It's it's certainly a disappointment. Expectations by Indiana standards were high. There were a lot of people thought, you know, they thought for sure six wins. They thought, I predicted at the beginning of the year seven wins. They really did. I thought they were going to get one of the Michigan State-Maryland game. I thought they'd be able to win those last three. Um, and, and, you know, and, and neither of those and neither of those things happened. Um, you know, and, and they – They sort of get the annual pass because um, early on in the Big Ten schedule, because it was so difficult. But that Maryland game felt like where the season really went south. I know they had they had won two in a row and they had the chance yesterday to erase a lot of that of that negativity, but they had been getting a pass because. all the teams they were playing were extremely, extremely difficult, whether it be Wisconsin or Penn State or Michigan or Ohio State or on down the line. But yep. then they lose to, to a banged up, not great Maryland team in, in a game where they led going into the fourth. And that's kind of where I think people, you know, might have thrown in the towel on this team a little bit. I credit to them because. They didn't throw in the towel as a team, I don't think, for, in large part, but um, that's where I think – that was emblematic uh, of, of their issues because that, sh- that, that should have been a win. They needed that win. And they didn't do it. against. I got it. It was on the road. But that Maryland team was really banged up and having all sorts of issues. And they couldn't get the job done. That was kind of the turning point of the season for me. And
1: and, the, and even more disappointing to them, I know hindsight 2020, Maryland I, I lost out on the season. They got smoked by Penn State yesterday. They lost to Rutgers. Uh, they just didn't do much after that win. Now, Maryland you feel a little bit better if Maryland goes on and wins seven or eight games. You go, you know what, they got hot and and whatever. But the way that IU lost that game, uh, I, uh, poor defensive performance, uh, poor special teams performance, two areas where IU was vastly improved this year. And, yeah, you're right. That game turned on Maryland, and it was it, it would have been so easy just to write, write them off there. But it's not fair to – you have to let the season play out just because college football – it's so – you've seen it this year. You saw it 10 years ago in 2007. It's just, it's it's crazy. Um, and, and anything can happen any week. Iowa destroyed Ohio State, then lost to Purdue. And, you know, people are like, how, how, how did that happen? Um, so, yeah, I, I like to reserve judgment until, until the end of the season. But, yeah, that Maryland game, you, you look back at that game, you look back at Michigan State, uh which was a, a completely winnable game. You score a touchdown there and that game is probably over. Uh you make it a, a two-score game uh and it, uh, you know it's 13, what was it? It would've been 13-3. A 10-point lead with with about 7 mm-hmm. or 8 minutes left and that game is probably over. You look at Michigan and uh, an overtime loss there. A couple bad calls go against IU in that game too. And, you know who knows if they recover that onside kick. He was ruled in bounds. They might win that. So I, I hate saying that they're they're really close. But yeah, you can look back at several games, uh, including Maryland, and, and kind of go what if? Um, you know what if they recover the onside kick there? Um, you know, but that, that's you got to make plays, and, and that's what it comes down to. You, you have to score touchdowns to to put teams away. That's what good, really good teams do. They score touchdowns to put teams away. They recover onside kicks uh, inbounds. They you know don't turn the ball over. They don't uh, they don't have penalties on the opening you know offensive drive. IU isn't there yet, but that's part of that breakthrough mentality, which will probably back off on the marketing side of but part of that mentality you gotta start doing those little things that great teams do and those little teams will add up and, and maybe one day uh, it, it'll work out for IU but right now it's just disappointment and I, I don't want to say heartbreak because it wasn't a heartbreaking loss it was just an angering loss
2: I agree I I don't think yeah heartbreaking sort of implies that it came down to the last play and Something happened, or a play wasn't made. But it was more, I think, frustrating and and a little bit head scratching. You know, for a team that had really fought over, you know, throughout the season and really clawed their way. I know it was Rutgers and Illinois, but they had they had their backs against the wall and did what they needed to do. That Illinois game um, was maybe frustratingly close for a long time, Um, but then they came out and it was, uh, like you said, a little bit of a head scratcher. you know, they just didn't come out with any uh with, with with what they needed to do. And that was pretty evident through I I don't know, about halfway through the second quarter on.
1: Yeah. You know, going after that fake punt, man, you know, Richard Fant missed times jump, uh on a deep ball. And, and that was that was all that was all she wrote. Uh it, it was just they never – they really never – yeah, Simi Cobbs and Taysir Mac played well. Wop had a touchdown. Uh, and, and they're going to have some tools coming back, but they, they have a lot of stuff to figure out, and hopefully they do it here in the next few weeks. Uh, you're going to have a lot of quality coaches on all these staffs of, of uh, with a lot of turnover who you, who you might be able to bring in if the administrator is willing to pony up. Uh any good business person what you pay for. And Indiana's staff is the lowest paid in the big time. uh and if you're gonna go by that standard, they they overachieve. Uh Indiana got more than they bargained for uh in that, but Indiana should have higher standards than that. They need to to pony up uh and it's on the administration to to open the pocketbook a little bit, get what they need to get to make this program um make it a good program. Uh, there's no reason that Indiana football should be bottom dwellers for uh, for all of history. 100%
2: and uh yeah, I, like you said the work starts now the journey uh hopefully starts, you know. They can feel bad for themselves for a day or two and then they got to get right back on the horse because
1: uh,
2: it, everyone's only everyone's only getting better in the Big 10. I don't I don't I think we saw you know with Purdue being you know be, uh, you know much better now, and even Rutgers like making some improvements. I-, I would say like outside of Illinois, there is not another perpetually really really awful team in the Big Ten consistently uh, in football right now. You know Purdue's better, Rutgers is better. Maryland you know would have been pretty good this year had it not been for the injuries. You know that opening day winning in Texas proved that. Um, and of course you've got the big boys up top. You know I know Minnesota kind of had a down year. I don't think they're terrible. I mean, it's it's everybody, um, you know. So so they no rest for the weary. They got to get up and you know, you know the you know bootstraps, right? Yeah, you,
1: I mean you're you're exactly right. You're either getting better or you're getting worse, and IU ha- has to get better. Um, sure, Maryland wasn't great this year, but they're in that hot recruiting hotbed in the D.A.E. They have some talent on that roster uh, and a good coach, DJ Durk, Uh Rutgers, the same thing. They they you know, they had a disappointing end to the year, but they won three conference games. Uh that, that was more than IU uh IU won this year. They're in a recruiting hotbed. Uh, those are the advantages that IU doesn't have. IU has to recruit more on a national level. Sure there are some great players in the state of Indiana, but you're competing against Purdue, against Notre Dame. Uh Ohio State comes in and gets guys, Michigan comes in and gets guys. Uh, and then, yeah, you're right. Illinois is in the same boat as, as Indiana. They might be a little bit more worse off because uh, I don't know if this Lovey Smith experiment is, is going to work out. Uh, you saw the frustration yesterday where a defensive alignment picked up and chucked the flag at, at the referee, which I, I don't know how many times IU fans and myself wanted to do that this year. Um, so I, I, I was oddly happy that that guy did it, it as the power on man. Uh, but you know they were willing to uh they were willing to open the pocketbook and take a shot and indiana's been doing this i i was talking to matt weaver of, of com about this indiana's been trying to do the same thing uh on the cheap side of things uh for 100 years and it hasn't worked and it's time to to break that cycle it's time to open up the pocketbook and get you know Find find an offense a new and exciting offense coordinator who could come in in a few years. Look, if a coach if he does well and leaves, more power to you. Um, that's great. Then you bring in the next hot coach uh, and things like that. So this is why attendance matters in football. Uh, instead of getting thirty thousand people a game, you get fifty thousand or fifty two thousand. You have a lot more money to spend on these things that make. Uh, uh, middling programs uh into into programs. Yeah,
2: without a doubt. I think you know, you hit you hit you hit the nail on the head there and you know, like I said, the program after you like that in a lot of different respects, you know, needs to take a little bit of a look in the mirror. Yeah.
1: Well, David, thanks for joining me on this Sunday morning. Uh keep coming back to HoosierHuddle.com. Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore we'll have all your IU off-season news and notes, uh, signing uh, early signing days coming up in, in about three weeks. We'll see uh, if IU can keep class together. They they should be able to. Uh, and if they do, it gives you a little bit more hope for the future. Uh, anyway, I, I do want to thank our writers. David, I want to thank you and Alex, uh, TJ, and Chris uh, all you guys have done a fantastic job this season and, and I wish we had one more one more month of of uh football to back but get into some off season content uh and, and thank you fans for being with us this year and and listening enjoy your NFL Sunday uh, enjoy your Thanksgiving week uh and you know enjoy the uh, chip week next week David thanks thanks so much Sammy all right all right, that does it for our podcast today. Uh, we will have other podcasts on Recruited coming out throughout the off season, so stay tuned to HoosierHuddle dot com. Uh, we'll have you covered throughout the winter.
0: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen.